Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode with your co-host, Matt, soon to be Mr. Oldring. And your co-host, Sam, soon to be Mr. Gregory. And we are here to share our journey, experiences and views on all things education. Good evening, guys, and welcome back to another Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode, where today it is me and Sammy, boy. We are here. We are back, just the two of us. Sammy, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I feel nervous, you know, doing our own podcast because of the people that we've had on. I don't, I don't feel like it's our podcast anymore. I know. Taking off us. We've had, we have had the elite on, which has been, which has been great. Obviously, you know, Eliza Rachel Lofthouse coming on. Obviously, we had um, Nicola Bennett come on as well, and you know, the deans of education, Damien Page. You know, we have had the elite on, and then we come back to me and you. So here we go. We'll see how we get on. <laughs> um, obviously, we just wanted to jump on, really, because. As everyone is probably aware, it is the end of our first placement um, on our PGC, and just felt like it. You know, as we are on a PGC journey, and the reason why we set up the podcast was to sort of talk about our journey. Thought it'd be a great time to just reflect, obviously anonymously, on on how we've got on and any things we've struggled with, any things we've done well, um, any areas we've surprised ourselves, and sort of what we're looking forward to in our phase two, and um, you know, going forward with the podcast in a new year, what we've got coming up. So. Yeah, Sammy boy, glass of wine for me, little beer for you, and off cheers. we go, mate. Off we go. Well, cheers to that. Um, so, in terms of your phase one, Sam, obviously we've we've talked a lot over the last few weeks um, about our placements and how they've gone. Um, you know, overall, what's your experience been like? Yeah, I think because obviously for both of us, we were online effectively since March because of our undergraduate degree for primary education. And then the first part of our PGC, because we did university-based, we're online. It became quite long, even though the lectures and seminars are interesting with some of the guest lectures that we've had on. It's just long, and obviously we're, we're trained to be teachers. And I'm, and for me personally, I'm doing it because I, I, I'm ready for my next stage and just, just to learn. So I think that excitement of actually being in school has helped a lot. And I think as well, we've said this as well, we're obviously in a global pandemic. Lots of places are still closed lots of people still have to work from home so the fact that we're in school that's uh, a huge plus isn't it it's a yeah 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 it's a ma- massive positive and i don't think i can complain really about obviously there are there are ups and downs to my placement but i just think about it and just think you know what i'm lucky that i'm actually yeah. out teaching every single day and i'm doing something that, that i want to do so i can't i can't complain and to be honest with you mate i've i've loved the experience it's been challenging at times but really rewarding rewarding as well and I think you know per, on a personal level I've seen you change from at the start of the placement to now I think you were you were saying yourself you're a lot you you come out with the other side um, a lot more positive and you're looking forward to to Christmas and, and sort of phase two and and I think like I say with going through the pandemic it is it does take its toll. It definitely takes its toll. And I think because we were at home for so long, studying um, from March, finishing our old degree, our undergrad degree, uh, doing our dissertation from home, etc., And then again, starting the new academic year at home again online, whilst obviously the lectures and the seminars were really interesting and of course necessary. I think just because of the prolonged period we had at home, that enthusiasm was lacking, especially in my department. I was struggling big time. And it's not often that I, I say that I'm struggling. You know, it's not often that I'm saying I'm struggling for enthusiasm because 
probably one of the things that I've got in abundance. <laughs> so for me to turn around and be and say the motivation and the enthusiasm wasn't there for the first couple of months, it's, it, it's telling really. But I think I'm the same as you. I've, I've just appreciated being in school, appreciated getting out of the house and every day going to work. And, and I think because of the pandemic and because of that second lockdown going, going on, it has kind of made my experience just more, just made me more grateful for the experience, I think. You know, it's bad when I'm complaining about missing people. That That's the extent <laughs> it got to. So, yeah, if, if I'm struggling, then I, I definitely knew that you were going to be struggling as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need I need people. I need that. I need that connection, mate. I, I can't. I'm, I can't be a lone wolf. I need it. <laughs> I, I'm happy just to go in my, my shell, but even that was getting too much for me. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to come out every now and then, mate, every now and then. Um, but in terms of the actual teaching side, has it been positive? You know, I think I know you spoke to me a lot of times about how good your mentor has been with you. And, and that's, you know, been a really big help. And I know I've had the same. I've had a really good mentorship and really good staff in general. The school I've been at have been so welcoming and I think that for me was such a such a big thing in terms of enjoying my first placement yeah I think obviously in episodes to come as well for the podcast we'll touch on this a bit more about mentors and and student teachers but like we said I think we've both been quite lucky in the fact that we've had really good supportive mentors who've yeah well for me I do I do feel like I've definitely progressed from where from where I've been from my past experience even with my past experience I didn't think going in oh I know everything like I was there to well, you learn and... you definitely did no I did oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah 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 not, not like that but <laughs> yeah uh, uh, over the um over the phase even in myself like I definitely felt more confident and it's weird you know even making the transition from like standing in front of the class, like teaching PE and what, what other things that I've done in the past, until you've stood up in front of a class to actually teach like maths or English, you don't actually know what, what it's like. And it's quite a daunting prospect. And oh, honestly, mate. Especially for you when, in year six. Going in year six is tough. That's really tough, I think. Me, te- me teaching English, mate, for year sixes. Yeah, I well... Mean, I know how I know how t- articulate you are in your words, so of course I would I would know how good your grammar is. But um, yeah, that's because you, you've got the joys of editing this podcast every single time. <laughs> well, well, exactly, mate, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's that's tough for anyone um, going in straight into year six. I I had year four, and for me, doing English was really tough. Um, just making sure the subject knowledge was bang on. And I remember the first couple of lessons, I got a few bits wrong, only small bits, but my mentor would, would point them out through the lesson in like a nice way and just be like, oh, that like sort of if I've said something's a verb when it's a when it's an adverb or something, though, she'll be like just shaking her head in the back back of the classroom, you know, giving me a sort of, <laughs> giving me the sort of eyes like, oh, that's not quite right. Um, and obviously, great, you know, I needed it. I needed to know that. Um and that's in year four. And then I know that since then first couple of lessons, I've really focused on honing in on the subject knowledge. And that is, mm. that is something that going into my next placement, I think I will be continue to focus on. Uh, even though I'll probably go down to key stage one, I still want to make sure that subject knowledge is bang on. I'm yeah. Again, I'm, I'm intrigued about phonics. Let's say, <laughs> let's say intrigued is the word. Um, Do you know what? I think I actually need phonics. I, I'll be there with a 
<laughs> you wait till you record the podcast in March. You're wired to be so well spoken. <laughs> I mean. Are we doing TED Talks, mate? Oh, on, on phonics, on, on the phonetic <laughs> alphabet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's true. What you say. And the point you made about you know teaching English, obviously you've got so much experience with teaching PE. I think mine was probably the flip side almost. Um, I've got a lot of experience coaching and things, but with PE, because it's more varied i was teaching i was teaching cricket and something called real pe and we were doing this dance and we had to integrate these steps and things like that and the level of control you need to have when you're doing pe is so much more difficult than in the classroom just purely because of the noise purely when you're in the hall the the acoustics it's more difficult to get the children's attention as a collective and i think for me the first lesson particularly i did not struggled with it but I sort of had to realise I had to have a different approach to managing the class's behaviour and just getting their attention. I don't know if you found that the opposite way around, but I think maybe because you're so experienced with PE that you probably found the management side maybe a bit easier being in the classroom, being in the classroom and, and teaching, um, you know, English, math, science, academic subjects. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say um, about like, the behaviour management side for PE. Like, for me, in, in, in my opinion, in my experience, if there's noise and it's a good noise, then it's then it's good. And then it's just picking up like the little little strategies just to instantly get their attention and stuff. And if you've got that... Then, that then that's what I mean. That's that's yeah. what I mean. The transitions. The transitions. Yeah. Our class think, love a chat as well. My class love a chat, mate. So. I, think, I, think, I think as well, if, if you can teach PE and if you can get the strategies in PE... Uh, in my opinion, you can do it in the classroom because my targets for phase one throughout haven't been to do with behaviour and behaviour yeah. management strategies because I've come from, obviously, a PE background I've, and I've been in loads of different schools and obviously the school has their own behaviour policy. I find it quite easy to like a, a, adapt my behaviour policy. That's not me saying, oh, I'm unreal at, at teaching. I'm not. I've just got other, yeah, yeah. other t- targets and stuff. And it's quite interesting that you said about subject knowledge before. Like, like with me, with anything, nothing is um, straightforward. So originally, I was meant to be in year one uh, and I was meant to be going in on the day. So I'd done my subject knowledge around year one and, and phonics and stuff. And then I got a phone call to say, oh, nah, you, the school don't want you anymore. Two days later, I find out that I'm in year six. I'm like, brilliant. Like, yeah. <laughs> just how and it is. So. <laughs> good though. Good. It's good to build up. It's such a good build of resilience, that kind of transition and that adaptability it is it's probably one of them skills that you wouldn't realize you would develop, but because of the experience, it would naturally develop. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think that will be something that is, you, you'll, you'll benefit from in the long term. And a lot, yeah. And I think it's really interesting that, that you uh, said that. And I was telling you that I was chatting to um, one of the, the guys on our uh, PE yeah. uh, course just before. If you've had a hard phase one, it's going to stand you in good stead for the rest of your phases because you, if you can get through it, you're going yeah. to be able to take that through to your phase two and phase three and things might become a little bit little bit easier. So if you've had a hard first phase or you've been thrown in at the deep end and you've managed to ride it out, good. You're laughing. Prove that you can do it. Yeah. yeah. You've done the hardest part. 100%. Um, in terms of challenging-wise... Is there anything that you found difficult, which maybe you didn't think you would going into it? 
I think we've always had conversations about this and I think the the demographic and where my school is brings up obvious obvious challenges um school was a uh, predominantly uh, muslim community and and eal um so obviously there's challenges uh, to understanding different uh, cultural backgrounds and uh, individual needs and then also as well there's a large proportion of children as well who are from like Slovakia and Poland and they don't know a lot of English there. Their families don't know a lot of English. So obviously there's a language barrier. Um, and obviously the global pandemic has massively, massively... Um, affected their learning. Affected, yeah. I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree. Uh, and I just... Yeah, and I think... Yeah, it's just it's just a it's just interesting from other schools that I've been in just to see the the different challenges. Um, but one one thing I I, I will say um, within that that type of community, they their appreciation for education, they they value they value education really high. So the the teaching aspect of uh, of actually teaching them lessons yeah. and stuff is being straightforward straightforward, straightforward because that. Because they want to learn when they're in school, they they they, yeah. they do do want to learn. So it's been, yeah, it's been challenging in different ways, and it's just been interesting. But again, it's good good experience because yeah. every every school's different. Every school's got its own challenges and its own individual needs. And yeah, attitude is such an important thing. And I think if you if you've got a class that have got a good attitude to learn, any of the other stuff, you know, the subject knowledge, the actual technical teaching aspect of things. It, becomes a lot easier because of their attitude you know if they're if they're willing to engage and put their hands up and, and work hard and, and listen to you everything else becomes so much easier and you can focus on them technical issues more I think you know you can focus on for example some my timing and my lessons sometimes I rush through my lessons there it was you know some of the feedback that I was getting um differentiation sometimes could have been a bit better I think that that for me was um was not it wasn't difficult in terms of I wasn't thinking about it but uh, it was more planning the lesson delivering the lesson so I could give uh, maybe like higher achievers work to do and then spend more time with with children that needed it um yeah and so just the, so the lesson flowed better do you know what I mean and I think that for me that for me was something that propped up a couple of times in the observations and it's something that I've you know continued to work on from the start but I think it is something that's going to take me a while to get to get fluid you know to get nailed down and I think that is just time I think that's just a lack of teaching from my behalf a lack of experience in in the classroom with different schools in different um you know areas different demographics different children and I think that lack of experience is is why sometimes I probably find it more difficult to differentiate clearer. Maybe at the start of my placement, it is improving, but I think that is for me was probably the the biggest challenge I probably faced um, throughout. Yeah, and I think I think it's interesting that that you spoke about that because also as well you've got to take into consideration that you differentiating will be different in every single school that you go to with the levels of children and, and where, where they might be at. So again, that, that that's another challenge in itself. One of um, one of my things for, for feedback was um, 
modeling. So when I was doing like a lesson input, because I'm such, I like to talk and I'm, and in PE, it's all about talking and getting get them to do stuff. Yeah. So my lessons were like based on that concept. And I just forgot to model on the board, like methods and stuff. So even though like my input might be really good and the kids might be like getting it, but the visual learners weren't understanding it, which is really poor on my half because I'm a visual learner as well. So yeah. I need to see something to, to, to understand it. And it's a bit, I, and I, I was quite disappointed in myself actually because in PE, everything's based on visual modeling, demonstrations yeah. and modeling. But when you have to physically write things on the board, that's what I, that, that's what I didn't, didn't do to start with. So that, that was like one of my targets throughout. And I eventually did, did do it, but it was yeah pretty persistent for like the yeah. first couple of weeks. My mentor was like, Sam, what are you doing? Model, <laughs> model, 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 please. But, but you know what, right? We're talking about these you know, really big feedbacks. It's the little things that I didn't realise that you need to get used to. Sounds stupid, like writing on the board. How difficult is it to write on the board sometimes on them electric boards if the if the pen's not lined up? You know, making sure like the powerpoints are uh, the right colours so the children can see the writing clear enough. Making sure you offer you give enough information for them so that they can work independently. Making sure that they come in and sit down and, at the right time and and can you know, listen to the register and think just little things like this, you know, coming into from lunch, making sure they're washing their hands and, and sitting down for their lunch, all these routines and things and stuff that you, when you just, when you're just a student and you're not in schools and that, you don't think of, you don't think, and then all of a sudden you're in school and you're like, all oh, right, can you do this? Can you, can you just, can you settle them down and, 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 you know, get the lesson going and, and just all these little quirky bits, which are obviously individual to the, the teacher that you're working with and just all them little bits and pieces that you never think of and suddenly you're just like oh right so now I've got to worry about the lesson that I'm teaching which I'm obviously absolutely you know shit myself about because of my first observation I've got I've got you know 30 new kids that I've got to try and build a relationship with oh and then I need to I need to remember that the board doesn't I've, I need to align the board properly so that my pen's working <laughs> you know it's just yeah. all the, just like it layers up it layers up doesn't it and I think you just you just take you just don't realize how many of the little things you need to remember throughout the day to to make the day flow smoothly and i think as well it's quite interesting because for people who i think don't appreciate teaching i think obviously always being students now actually having the responsibility of teaching a morning or an afternoon yeah. like you fully get to see that how much work goes into teaching but you know what mate I love it. I, 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 I think it's class. And it's just funny, like, with my class, class uh, that I've got at the moment, or well, that, that I had when this podcast uh, goes out, you, you, you can't give them an inch because they will literally take them out. So you have to constantly, like you said, just engage them. They yeah. have to be doing something. And it's just, like, non-stop. And it's, uh, it's, just, it's just mad, whether it's, whether it's, like, them checking their books through, uh, marking or feedback that, that they've given them like so so I've spent like bunch of times and break times um marking so like when they come in they've got something to do yeah so it's just yeah it's just continuous continuous but it's see, good though like, see a lot a lot of our marking has been done by them we've got um as again a really good uh, my like I say my mentor was really good she gave me some really great tips and 
Uh, you know, the things that Omar was talking about when he came on, all the things they kind of don't teach you through uni, all these little tips and tricks about prioritizing and uh, making sure you're ready for the for the day and things like that. And she's brilliant at that, gave me so many little little tips and a, bits of advice to kind of manage the workload, manage yeah. what I'm doing, balancing out. And one of them was getting the children to edit and mark their own work. And yeah, honestly, an absolute game changer. Like just a game changer because I think because obviously we're in the older key stage too, they are at that stage where they are able to recognize what the learning objective is, what I've asked them to do and what we've asked them to do as teachers. And they can recognize in their writing, whether they've implemented that. And I think that once I started to do that after my second or third lesson, there, it became so much smoother the managing the the market managing the the lesson you know reflecting on whether they've understood the the learning objective became so much clearer because i could see you know if they were marking it right or if they'd if they'd written it then they would have understood it you know and if they hadn't highlighted it and they hadn't included it then i would know that they hadn't done it and then from that i could i could pitch my next lesson on whether i needed to recap certain bits and or whether I could move on to the next topic. And I think that, you know, was one tip which my mentor gave me that I'll be, I'll certainly be taking forward with me 100%. That. Is that oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, is I was waiting for you to carry on. No, no. no I thought, the tip was the that, market, was the market, yeah. <laughs> no, right, okay. I thought you were going to reveal something or be like, oh, that's going to go in the CPD or something. No, no, no that okay. was the tip. The tip, <laughs> the tip was the market, getting them to mark their own work. Obviously, it's different in year one, isn't it? But I mean... Yeah, I mean, obviously, when the key stage too, I think that's something you can take forward. That's what I'll be taking forward anyway. So, in regards to other challenges that you might have come across, and Matt, what what else have you learned, maybe, or you thought initially was difficult, or you've potentially overcome um, your placement? To be honest with you, all the challenges I've faced, I've probably listed. I've probably said, you know, my differentiation, my timing, my I think getting used to the staff took a bit longer in terms of getting to know them because of COVID, because of the yeah. lack of crossing over in the staff room, spending more time just chatting, things like that, you know, having just getting involved in, in that teaching staff room environment naturally took longer because we could only have a certain amount of people in the staff room at a certain amount of time. So you only end up kind of crossing paths with, you know, a few people here and there. So I think that naturally took longer, um, but I wouldn't say you that need extra restrictions, mate, to stop oh, well, well, socialising. Well, exactly. I'm <laughs> three, I, I had to mask all the time, crossing crossing bubbles and all sorts. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's two meters. You're four meters, just so you just don't. <laughs> just in case, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, other than that, again, that's not that's not a negative. That's not something I found difficult. I'm just saying that's something that probably took longer than it would have taken in different in different circumstances um but on the whole i would say you know just the main things i've mentioned have been what i found the most difficult but i think again i've been very lucky with my placement and i think that is something that i've said to you on countless occasions i feel like i've been very lucky with my first placement my mentor was fantastic the children my class were fantastic um the school was great um the area is great so i mean as a first placement, 
there's not really anything I couldn't really ask for anymore. And I think all that down, is that's all, all downhill from here, then, mate, isn't it? Like... Well, exactly. And that, and that is and moving <laughs> forward and moving forward when we look forward to phase two. That is not a worry, but something I've got to be mindful of that I'm going to a new school. I need to create these relationships again, as we all do as PGC students. And that yeah. and that is once you come from a school where you feel like you've you're welcome and you're part of the staff going out into another school and then trying to build them again, that could, it could go completely the other way. And you yeah. could, and you could suddenly feel, feel isolated as a student, not feel part of the, the staff and it could be a completely different experience. So I wouldn't say it's a, it's a massive worry yet, but it is certainly something to be wary of. And I think that's certainly something that I'll be, I'll be wary of going into my next placement. Yeah. It's interesting. You said about um, the, the bubbles and stuff, because um, obviously the policies in place about um, keeping classes in, in bubbles and stuff and re- really the, the only children that you're, you are speaking to and engaging with every day is, is your class and there's been days where it's just, it's been long like mm. and you want to interact with other children like around school or just, just uh, talk, talk to other people and stuff and, and you can't it's, and, and it's been quite, quite hard and yeah I think there's some days where I honestly might have come home and I'm like well yeah this is yeah it's been a long day and just even just like little issues you know with kids like just at lunchtime and break time because it's the same kids you you are seeing every single day and the same issues that are popping up every single day but also for the kids as well you got to think they are in each other's space for that seven hours they are not apart from each other the classrooms are tiny they're stacked on top of each other break time and lunchtime they they are engaging with each other. They're not seeing any, anyone else essentially. So if there's an issue, they're going to come back into class, yeah. and it's going to it's going to uh, overspill into there as well because they've not got the opportunity to socialise with other people in in, in in other classrooms. So so I do massively massively feel for the kids in 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 this instance as well because. That's a great that's a great point because I've not actually. Do you know what? It's not something I've thought about, but when you think about it. You're probably right because there would be, you know, at lunchtime and break times, they would be hanging out with other children in other years, you know, brothers, yeah. sisters, things like that. They would be communicating with them. So naturally, when they come back into the class, these these sort of a lot of these situations probably will be, you know, not there. They'll be redundant. Um, we're, we're asking kids to grow up really quickly because essentially, if they can't get on with kids in their class, you can't say, oh, you need to go and play with so and so. They can't. Yeah. You have. You have to say to them. You either have you got, to get. You got to get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've literally got to make the choice of the mature decision of you either play with them or you just don't don't speak speak to one another. And it's hard because if they don't speak to that child, there might be a friendship group with it with that child, and then yeah. they're left by themselves because there's no other cl- class to go play with. So it, it is hard. It is it is yeah. massively massively hard for. For, for the kids at the moment and I do I do massively feel, feel for them yeah yeah yeah, yeah def- definitely and I think they have they have shown a lot of maturity a lot of the time and I think naturally they are they are going to have days where they just don't get on and we've we've all, we've had conversations as 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 a class where we've we've said look we're not you're not always going to get on but you have to be mature you have to be mature enough to to get on as as uh, as working together, you know, as as colleagues almost, 
um, and as classmates. And again, it's something that we probably overlook as teachers and, and in education in general, it's probably something that is being overlooked at the moment. So it's, it's a really good point you've actually made, which is unlike you. <laughs> Are you mad, man? <laughs> um, we've spoken about our phase one. We've, uh, obviously, we've, we've touched on what we feel we've done well, a lot of the things that we've maybe struggled with um, in terms of our feedback and observations and what we're going to be looking to improve going to our next placement. What are you looking forward to about phase two? Obviously, you know, we've got a two, two week break and plus another week or so after that. So we've probably really got a three week break for us until we go into our next school. What, what about it are you looking forward to? I think for me, I quite like, the fact that I don't like, I like my first placement, but I don't feel like I'm someone who's going to get tied down to a school in my teaching career. I will look to progress every three years or so and, and move on and look yeah. for different challenges. So phase two in itself, the fact that I'm going to a different school, it's a dim- different um, demographic um, is exciting and it brings different challenges. The school's an outstanding school. So yeah. again, the expectations are higher, are, are a lot higher. Again, the for us, our how much we need to teach goes up, and our responsibility and what we're being marked against within the teaching standards. So the challenge for us changes as well, and I just think that's exciting, and 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 I don't feel like the next placement is going to be the same. It's going to be completely different, and I, I, I just, I'm just excited by it because I think yeah. it's just going to set up set us up really well for the for the future and I just I'm more looking forward to taking more responsibility for lesson plans and lessons and teaching more lessons as well so that that's what I'd say I'm looking forward to most yeah yeah because I think we said that you you've probably taught less maybe than you would have you would have thought compared to like um the lab we were speaking to on our course he taught he's taught a lot more than both of us um and even when we spoke, I seem to have taught, you know, just a lot more in general in terms of lessons. And I think that, and as you said, that's probably because of being in year six, you've got a lot more structure to it and there's a lot more rigidness and they they need to, there's a lot more pressure ultimately. So again, that's probably played a, a, a bit of a part in, in that. Um, for me, I'm looking forward to going to Key Stage 1 because when I've volunteered in schools before, a lot of the time I've worked in Key Stage 1 and I've I've enjoyed it a lot. I do like the that age. I think, again, it's just different. It's different. It's a new skill set. It's a completely different skill set. And that's exciting because it's only going to benefit me as a teacher and benefit us as teachers moving forward. On the flip side, like you said, you said you were going to be someone that looks to change and uh, maybe like every three, four years, depending on where you are, just to progress and look for and probably gain, gain as much experience as you can and much different experience as you can to make you ultimately a more well-rounded teacher. I feel like if I find a decent school and I'm settled in, I'll stay there. <laughs> I'll pencil me in for a good stint. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay there because I just, yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't it in my, you know, and I feel like for me, that I, I feel like I hope that my next placement is as positive and as comfortable in terms of the surrounding as my one has been this time. And I think as long as I have that, that sense of welcoming, 
and that sense of belonging as a staff member, um, which again comes from respect. You know, it comes from taking lessons. It comes from mucking in with the staff. It comes from going above and beyond, or what you know, with the classroom. And of course, that's going to take again a few more weeks to build them relationships. But I think once once I've done that, once they can see me teaching, and once I've established that, I think yeah, I'll just the whole. I'm just looking forward to the, again the whole experience being different and facing you know newer challenges that maybe you've probably experienced which I haven't and probably vice versa you know roles probably will be more reverse reversed and we'll we'll have different you know different experiences that way so I think it's a lot to look forward to a lot to look forward to my phase two placements um, and it will be nice to have a three weeks off. <sighs> my life I'm absolutely I'm absolutely hanging for three weeks off I mean we've got we've got assignments but I'm still looking forward to it (laughs) I'm still looking it is going to be nice I don't think I've ever in my life going to appreciate a holiday like the the two week well our first holidays as teachers teachers, yeah I think I think I think as the fact that we're actually not getting paid either mate so it's like oh god that is a that is a plus. And I got yeah. and I got and I got the student finance email through yesterday, which was a, again another tick. So <laughs> that, that's uh, that's taking the weight off Christmas. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, we've spoken about phase two, spoken about our placements. Now let's talk about the big one, the poddy. All sorts coming right. up over the Christmas period, mate. I know we're both we've been pretty hectic recently with the poddy. Um, what we say meetings, meetings. We're not going to reveal it. All. We'll leave them hanging a bit. But up in the new year, we've got some a couple of guests lined up already. Uh, Phil Naylor from Naylor's Natter podcast. We've got a chat with him tonight, actually, after the recording this. And that's going to be. He's got a new book coming out. I know we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the podcast and talk about education as well. So really looking forward to that conversation and getting that episode out. In the new year, I think that will be or around the new year time. Obviously, we've got um, Dr. Mark Mark Turo Porcel, one of our good friends and uh, lecturers from our undergrad degree. Just completed his doctorate. He's coming on. We're going to be following on from Lofthouse, uh, talking about um, mentoring, coaching, um, and supporting us fellow teachers. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah which we know how lovely he is. What a lovely man. You know, there's a lot of people that, that we've spoke to and met along the journey of of our degree and so on, but he's one of the loveliest blokes ever. Noble Peace Prize is coming his way, 2021, oh, mate. You can't can't say enough good words about him. So I'm just glad I'm just really excited to have sit down and have a conversation with him on air and just he, he is the nicest yeah. guy you will ever come across. He's just got an so knowledgeable. So knowledgeable yeah. as well. So clever. So yeah, just really great conversation. Um, I'll let you reveal the sneaky, the sneaky reveal for some big news in the new year. But I'll obviously, don't give too much away. Don't give too much away. I don't know what what I'm allowed to say. What? We, we, well, just we, we, you can. What, what what can I say? Well, you can what? just mention we've got something, some news coming in the new year. Just keep your eyes peeled for. Well, you've pretty much said it then, haven't you? Because I can't say any more than that, can I? <laughs> you've absolutely killed me there. You've killed me. <laughs> but yes, we've also got some... We can't... No, we can't news. say we're not gonna say, that, We're not going to yeah. say any more than that, but we've got some exciting news moving forward. 
some, collab- some, big some, collab- some collaboration work well. yep yeah, with some people that we've had a lot of meetings with recently and both us and them are ecstatic that we've that we've got this in the new year and i think a lot of you guys will be we're just really excited to hear your guys thoughts on it and get your views and hopefully you know get behind might, it, it as well it might might benefit some of you as well yeah so i think um yeah. we're just both really excited for that and Again, that will be revealed in the next two, two and a half weeks. So, like I say, keep your eyes posted for that and and, uh, and watch out. But that's, you know, for us, I mean, that's that's sort of what we've got to look forward to. Um, as always, get in touch with us at the Teacher Tomorrow Instagram, at TFT Pod on Twitter. Sammy Boy, it's been, just been nice to, nice to have a chat, just the two of us, actually, because we don't get a lot of time to talk when we get all these elite members on. So it's quite nice just to have a little natter. Do you know what, mate? I thought the one, I thought the one benefit of this this pandemic might be, oh, I, I don't actually have to listen to you too much. But you know what? I've actually missed you quite a uh, bit. So. Stop it! You're making me blush. I've missed you well, too. That's mate. fine, mate. Missing I will, I will stop because you won't hear a nice thing from my mouth <laughs> for, the next, for the next three, four months. So that's me. Don't do it. Pen, pencil me in. Pencil me in for three and four month wait. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Sam, good to catch up, mate. And uh, thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. To get in touch with us following the latest podcast episode, head over to at the Teachers of Tomorrow on Instagram or over on Twitter via at TFT Pod.